0: cubs and welcome to this week in the bear cave i am your host dennis Zarrell, and this week we are sponsored by abode real estate your professional real estate advisors in colorado springs and teller county the historic butte theater in cripple creek colorado bringing you the best productions in the united states and animus Wellbeing, your nutritional consultants in woodland park colorado Well, this week, it's Michelle's turn to take a time out as she is on her way to New Orleans for that festival of beads and boobs, better known as Mardi Gras. So we wish her a safe and awesome vacation, and we'll be catching up with her during Ice Festival in a couple of weeks. And uh, I hope you are all well this week and staying warm as we get ready for some more of that white stuff possibly coming our way. There's a monster, monster storm that's headed our way from the West Coast. So, yeah, uh, eh, who knows, maybe we'll get lucky and it'll split right around us like it uh, sometimes does. But enjoy those warm weather sucker holes here in Teller County because uh, I don't know about your neighborhood, but the Bear Cave got a pretty good pounding last Saturday, which means that we're getting some of that much needed water. So I'm not minding that one bit. Well, maybe just a little bit, but uh, I am getting a pretty good workout from uh, pushing all that heavy snow around these past few weeks. And yes, baby Jesus is still frozen into the ground with a couple other of the major cast members. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should start up contests about uh, when baby Jesus becomes free of that frozen tundra. And maybe the winner gets some Ice Festival swag or some kind of a gift certificate, something like that. Maybe I'll have to talk to Michelle about that, but uh, I guess we'll have to think about that for a hot minute. But in the meantime, we are glad that you are with us once again this week as we have another good show planned for you. This week we have Heidi Yeely. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. Elena Henry and Mark King, they're coming into the studio today. And we're going to talk about the Edge Teen Center here in Woodland Park. So I look forward to having a chat with those folks later on in the show. Now, next week, we'll be joined by our title sponsor from Abode Real Estate, Josh Dorsey. And as we get further into the year, it looks like the market has stabilized somewhat. So we'll get some more information from Josh on that and see what's going on. And just as a reminder that uh, the week of the 11th of February, there won't be a podcast as we are heading up to Cripple Creek for the Ice Festival. Yeah, we're going to have some fun up there. And right now, we're still planning on doing some Facebook live shots from the Ice Festival And we'll be talking to a few people who are in attendance, I hope. I know that we're going to talk to Cripple Creek Mayor Annie Dorm at some point and hopefully a couple of the carvers that we missed from uh, last year. So, should be fun. So, that's the plan for the Barricade for the next couple of weeks. Well, it has already been some kind of a crazy week, and I know there's a lot of national news going on right now, and I don't really want to waste a lot of time talking about it. And I'm talking a little bit about the Donald because it has been ruled that he does not have presidential immunity in the January 6th case. That came down from a federal appeals court. So we'll see where all that goes. But yeah, the Donald is not immune from prosecution for his alleged crimes that he committed during his presidency to reverse the 2020 election. That is what a federal appeals court rules on Tuesday. So we'll see where that's all going to go. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, the deeper in the elections we get, the more the Donald seems to be getting in trouble. And, uh, It's not looking good for him in some of these cases, but we'll see what happens. But like I said before, things change all the time, and uh, that's why we try to bring you things that you may not have seen and may not have been in the forefront in the news. So with that being said, last week, there is one story that won't change, and I find this story so disgusting, so heinous that it deserves some attention, and I want to make this person famous for being the cretin and the horrible human being that she is. And when I heard about it and then I started reading about it, I was so pissed that I had to really consider if this is something I want to talk about further. But I made the decision to talk about it anyway. So here it is, a Bollywood influencer, softcore porn actress and reality star by the name of Poonam Pandey, who is 32, was mourned last week after her death was announced. It was thought that she had died after she lost her fight with cervical cancer and the message was shared on Instagram, on all kinds of social media pages. Then, get this, hours later it was revealed that this was all a publicity stunt and that she is alive and well and did not have cervical cancer. She said she only did it to make people aware of cervical cancer, what the actual She said, quote, I'm proud of what my death news has been able to achieve, end quote, while she was apologizing for the hurt that she caused. (laughs) Oh my God. Now, the reason I'm so pissed about this stupid and pathetic stunt of hers is that I happen to be a cancer survivor, and like most of us, we have known or we do know someone who is battling that horrible disease or who has died from that disease. And for this stupid young woman to come up with a lie like this is nothing short of insulting to all people around the world who have died or who are suffering as she is fishing for a like and a response on her social media pages. Now, not only did this particular publicity stunt backfire on this oxygen thief, but it only made her look like the pathetically ignorant person she is. Women have succumbed to cervical cancer and they've died gruesome deaths, and it's certainly not something to be made light of, And to use social media in such an irresponsible way just goes to show what a fragile ego this woman really has and how pathetic she really is. And if you really gave a damn about cervical cancer, then you would have brought it to the attention of your little band of followers by donating money or helping a cancer organization or any number of ways instead of faking your own death. I'm betting her selfishness will be repaid tenfold by the universe, you know, and it's only too bad that she can't be brought up on charges and jailed for the stupid, egoic, and irresponsible stunt. It's people like you and your generation that points out to just what a sorry human being you really are. Now i know that you're not the first person to claim or fake a you know some sort of a cancer scam it happens all the time and I've, I've seen it quite a few times and it usually comes from people who are on reality shows or who are so-called influencers like yourself they are just a bunch of talentless and unemployed hacks who have nothing better to do than figure out ways to draw attention to their less than average lives and what makes this even worse? There's a site called Hotterfly, and they went along with this stupid hoax and then offered some half ass apology and stated that they wanted to help her bring attention to the disease and the importance of the HPV vaccine. Well, why the hell didn't you just come out and say that, you fools? Why didn't you just say that? Hey, I want to bring attention to this cause. No, you had to go online and fake your death. And Hotterfly is just another one of these second-rate lame-ass sites from India which claims to be, quote, a millennial women's space, unapologetic, proud, and opinionated, end quote. Really? That's what you are? That's what you got? Well, all I can say is that I hope that Hotterfly and Miss Pandy are banned from social media forever. Yeah, I know, fat chance of that happening on Zuckerberg's woke meta company. But now that I think about it, You social media companies are just as bad as this witch and her coven for allowing them to stay on your sites. Good God, you banned the Donald for a whole lot less than this. Well, once again, and I'll say it over and over again, is... The universe has a way of dealing with these kinds of antics and is called karma, cause and effect. And judging by the reaction so far, it hasn't taken long for the effects of your actions to come back full force as millions of people from around the world have condemned this despicable stunt. You should be more than ashamed of yourself. Maybe someone somewhere will forgive you, but I doubt the cancer survivors will. Oh my god, the stupidity of it all just amazes me. Well, tighten up your seatbelt because I have more stupidity coming your way before we go on to the next segment. And it's about more stupid laws the Colorado legislature is trying to pass this week. Of course, they can't be ignored. And I have to give them some props because they turned back this bill and it looks like they may have shelved it permanently. But it was so dumb... I just had to tell you about it. And this latest bit of idiocracy comes to us via Representative Regina English, who is a Democrat, and she's from Colorado Springs. Yeah, right in her front yard. And this was supposed to have been House Bill 1163. And, uh, okay, get this. This bill would have required residents of Colorado to register and pay an annual pet registration fee or face penalties for not doing so. (laughs) And under this potential legislation, registering every pet, including your goldfish, Harvey, yep, can't forget him, it would have cost residents $8.50 per animal per year. So if you had Harvey and six of his buddies, ah, that adds up to quite a bit of money. And when asked why she proposed that bill, she confirmed that she has plans to postpone it indefinitely, which I'm sure the House Agricultural Water and National Resources Committee, they would have killed this thing anyway. But she couldn't give you an answer. She didn't know. I think even she thought in hindsight this was a dumb idea, woke up and decided to take it off the table. But some of the reactions to it were priceless. Senator Barbara Kirkmeyer, she's a Republican from Brighton, said, quote, Some of us take our jobs seriously, and apparently some of us want to pay $8.50 to $25 every year to register your pet. I am not making this up. End quote. Even our legislators, senators, representatives all saw through this, I don't know, whatever it was. Look, we all know that Democrats are going to try anything to collect more taxes from Coloradans to pay for those worthless social programs and all that free money that Sniffy Joe and his minions promised to all those illegal aliens. That's what this is all about. This bill was so ridiculous that I won't waste any more time or brain cells talking about it. But it's just another example of what is floating around inside the head of those woke idiots you all voted for. All you Democrats voted these people in, and now it's all coming to the surface. She couldn't even answer a simple question as to why she would waste one second coming up with such a less-than-average bill. (laughs) Unbelievable. But I'm sure we'll be talking about some more nonsense that's coming up uh, from the legislature during the big news segment with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. Okay, we're going to leave this nonsense in the trash where it belongs, because coming up next, we'll have a talk with some sane people, as Heidi Yeely, Mark King, and Elena Henry join us in the Bear Cave studio. We'll be right back. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years, and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service, and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719 433 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E dot com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. And my guests this week are Heidi Yeely, Elena Henry, and Mark King from the Edge Teen Center. Welcome to the Bear Cave.
1: Ooh, thanks for having us.
2: Thank you very much for having us today, brother.
0: Absolutely, you guys made it in. So there's no like traps or.
2: I thought I saw a couple booby traps coming in, but I'll yeah. trust you.
0: Well, those are just chains on the wall for looks. That's all. You oh, know? gotcha. <laughs> well, first of all, Heidi, let me ask you. We uh, we talked a few weeks ago. I'm just trying to get to uh, get our audience to kind of get to know you guys as well. And I'm going to go around kind of the table and just tell me what you do at the Edge Teen Center and what your job is and, and that kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. So. Alame, Child and Family Specialist, is our parent company. We're the for-profit part of the organization. And then the Edge Teen Center was started about a year and a half ago by the owner, Laura. And she just had a vision of getting a teen center back up here In teller county and when i joined palomay about a year and a half ago i had the same vision and um, it was just a beautiful marriage from the beginning and having same vision and motivation and energy to get something cool going for the kids up here again and so the two owners laura and kelly um, said yeah let's make this happen and i my background i worked for the federal government for 15 years doing business development um, have a background in social work. So between my passion for making sure kids have a safe, healthy place to hang out and spend time at and my energy and motivation to implement the goal and the dream, here we are. So getting it going and um, then pulling together the best staff possible to make sure that these kids have safe, healthy adults available for them when they need them. So Now,
0: you worked for the uh, VA for a while, right?
1: I worked for the DOD and VA. Did that for 15 years. I did healthcare management. So I managed ERs in VA hospitals oh, and wow. uh, VA clinics throughout New Mexico and Colorado, and then um, worked on the DOD side, managing various departments throughout the hospitals. Basically, everything west of the Mississippi to include Hawaii and Alaska.
0: Did you start the bar at NORAD that I heard about lately?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't done uh, government healthcare <laughs> in nine years. So don't take credit for that one, but I'd like to check it out.
0: Yeah. I guess a bar would be healthcare, you (laughs) know, mental health, maybe. I I don't know. Yeah. After Hours. Mark, how about yourself? What's your background?
2: I've got a lot of background in a lot of different places. I've done a lot of subcontracting work with the military. I've done a lot of odd jobs and a lot of physical labor jobs. And then about four years ago, I transferred into the mental health field where I started in local mental hospitals and I started in schools. Uh, And then after we found a good way to transfer from that to more inpatient stays, I found a pretty big love for it at Cedar Springs Mental Hospital, where directly after I connected with Palomay. Rest has been pretty much history. I've found a love for working with kids and I just want to help little ones grow. Now, when you were working at hospitals, was that with uh, kids and teens? Absolutely. For a while, it was only kids and teens. And then I went and specialized in uh, acuity units. So I specialized from the age of 21 up to about 36 for about two years where we focused on a lot of homicidal behaviors and a lot of death row inmates. For a while there, it was kind of just making sure people didn't die before it was time. Wow. Sounds like a party. Yeah, always. Elena, how about yourself?
3: Um, I also have a pretty interesting and eclectic background. I was a graphic designer for a sign company for almost a decade. And then I also did government contracting for the DOD.
0: What type of contracting did you do?
3: I did yes units so uninterruptible power supplies, and helped facilitate getting those to government facilities. Wow. Yeah, making sure the power never goes out, so...
0: I talk about it, collect the yeah, You weren't kidding,
3: yeah. But, um, that's all what I've done to pay the bills. But my passion projects have been sitting on a board of directors for a nonprofit for kids in Colorado Springs for a couple of years. I also was the chair of the Gifted Education State Advisory Committee. I've done a lot of volunteer work in the schools, and I have five kids of my own, so that's how I've gotten connected into all of those communities.
0: Five kids, correct? You don't look old enough to have like a kid.
3: <laughs> Thank you so wow,
0: much. Wow. Interesting. Well, Heidi, let me ask you this. Now, you said there was a teen center before. Was that in Woodland Park?
1: Yes. So um, that was ran by the city. It was actually connected to the current city hall. And so it was a great space. Um, gave the kids an opportunity to work on computers, do homework, play some games. And then they had flea activities, so dances and other things like that. But that was ran by the city. It hasn't been around for several years now. And uh, really, our our city needs it. And our kids need it and tell our county from south end to north end. So yeah, it was great, but it just uh, it didn't work out long term. And so we're hoping we can take another stab at it and uh, really provide some really cool stuff for our kids. Um, we're open five days a week and we make it happen to have 40 hours a week so we can keep staff. And then we have other services that Elena and Mark and other people um, who work for us can do as well, such as advocacy and so forth. But um, I'm not sure why that one didn't work out. You know, again, we just got to keep our kids protected and safe. And so we just got to make sure that we offer the best service. And so I don't know if it was a service, a budget or a staffing issue. Not really sure.
0: I didn't even know the teen center was around until I drove by one day and I saw the sign up there and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I should be, you know, I should look into that. And of course, a mutual friend of ours. He sent me an email and says, hey, you should go over and talk to Heidi and and see what's going on. And uh, when I walked in, I thought, is this a chiropractor's office or what's going on? But you guys are downstairs. And I think I ran into Mark was the first person I ran into, but living in a, in a mountain community as rural as we are, if I was a kid, like I said, I grew up in the San Juan area. So, you know, even then Durango was a little bit bigger town than, than Woodland park was at the time. And there's something to do, but kids start getting bored and, you know, they need a place to go. They have, need to have some activities to do, but then you kind of find out that that's not just the only problem. It's. Sometimes the parents, it's a lot of parroting, whether that parroting involves alcohol or substance abuse or something like that. It all kind of bleeds down and a kid's got nowhere to go and bounce things off or no one to talk to because for whatever reason, I mean, what kind of issues do you run across in, with the kids here in Teller County?
1: Well, Palomay also runs the court program with Municipal Court. So we get a lot of court kids coming from there. Of course, various charges from substance to trespassing, assault, and so forth. You know, I've worked with kids up here in Teller County as a resident up here for nine years. And I constantly hear from the kids primarily, there's just not enough to do. I'm all about I don't minds getting in trouble and we got to keep them busy we got to keep them moving. We do a lot of sedentary things with our kids or they do a lot of uh, just sitting around. And I'm not against video games or any of those things that keep them sedentary, but we've got to keep these kids moving. And what we have found at the teen center and then also just my years of working up here is the kids really do want to do things. Um, And so we just got to get them out there and doing them. And, you know, if you've got a single mom or you've got two working parent household, they're not able to get that stuff going through the week, especially they're at work. Kids are at school. By the time they get off, it's almost dark. And so weekends are oftentimes the only time to keep them busy, but we just got to keep them busy. We got to keep them um, moving. The Teen Center is all about the kids. We are for the kids and it really truly is by the kids. If you come in and check us out, the walls are all painted from things the kids have really just passionate about. We have one kiddo that's been doing some graffiti work and he's an amazing artist. And we didn't even know it until we really started decorating the walls. And he's like, can I do this? Can I do that? And he just blossomed and it was so cool. And now he's really proud of what's on the walls. It's all about him and expresses who he is and what he is but in a very safe and careful way. And so however the kids can express themselves, whether through art therapy or sitting down, I mean, we sit on the ground and play Monopoly with these kids. And some of these kids have never played stuff like that. They just don't always have those people in their lives To just sit down and give them attention and you know what these kids just want to be heard they just want to talk and want somebody to listen who's going to be respectable to them and so when you come in is we ask the kids what do you want to eat for this week and they help make the menu they work with elena to do that they work with elena to make the schedule of what activities we're going to do for the week so we know we can all sit around the room and we can come up with great things that we think are super for them but if the kids aren't invested in it they're not going to do it. They're not going to be engaging and they're not going to learn from it and they're not going to have fun with it. And so we just ask the kids, what do you want to do? And then we have them help us make the curriculum and pull things together and make the menu. And then sometimes we'll have them help us with um, the grocery shopping and things like that. There's Huge benefit to just coming in and hanging out and listening to these kids. We have a boxing bag, so we do yoga and mindfulness. So we have to have that balance. We are structured. We do not allow the kids to have a phone. So that's the first thing they do when they check in with Elena. Yay. Yes, is they lock their phone up with Elena in a box. And unless there's an emergency or there's something pre-scheduled that they have to take a phone call for or something like that, those phones are locked up from 3 to 8 o'clock p.m., until they leave. And then when they check out, they leave and they can take their phone and do what they want to. But if they're here to sit on their phone and just exist, the teen center is not for you. It's here to connect. We are all about connection with these kids.
0: Yeah. You got to take away that addiction because our phones, our computers, and uh, I always harp on social media because I think it's become a pariah of our society. You know, you have keyboard heroes and things like that, that, you know, you can say anything you want online. You're not going to get in trouble for it. You know, nobody's going to come after you other than another keyboard warrior. And it stunts your brain. I swear to God, it just, it, it numbs your mind just sitting there with a device in your hand. And we're all guilty of it. It's crazy the way our society has kind of developed. But uh, Mark, tell me about uh, what you do at the Teen Center. you Are are you the f- a family advocate of some sort? Or?
2: Um, so that's part of what I do. Uh, I like to take family advocacies, especially with uh, our younger male clients, a lot more. I've got a good history being not the best young male, and I didn't go to a lot of school. I uh, did a lot of stupid stuff, and I had a lot of fun, and I didn't focus on... My life as much as I could have, and I'm trying to find ways to explain this to young men and find a good way to help them navigate the pathways of life. Because right now, I know it's amazing just to go out and hang out with your friends and do stupid stuff and break into dumpsters at 2 a.m., but uh, there's a lot more than just that. And uh, I like to do all kinds of things with my advocates, and I know everyone's different, so we have a plethora of different options and opportunities for these young men to look into. Uh, We do a lot of boxing. We do uh, a lot of football. We do a lot of basketball. I've got one young man that loves art. So we go down to the art gallery and kind of check out everything new they have. And then when there is art shows, we make sure to get there at least once a week and kind of walk through the town and just see how much life has to offer. Because I think that's a big thing of what we're missing up here is there's so much time that they have to spend on their phones or on their devices that they forget just how big the world is outside of here. And if they would just pursue their passion or their love for these activities, they'd find out really quickly how easy it is to really connect with who you are. That was a kind of an outlet for me too, as a
0: kid, sports was always kind of the thing that I clung onto. I spent probably way too much time <laughs> you know, playing sports back in the day, but it kept me out of trouble. But it, again, I grew up in a different generation too, where, you know, your mom goes, go outside and eat some dirt. Right. <laughs> there weren't any hovering parents back right. then, you know, which is almost, uh, almost the opposite end of the spectrum when you think about
2: it. So go to the park, what do you
0: pull it? I mean, you just go to,
2: Well, so it kind of depends. Um, especially right now while we're at the teen center, when we have a good group of, uh, young ones that want to go, we'd love to go to the park. We go to, uh, I believe it's Memorial, we go over to Memorial quite often. We do all kinds of team games. We've played a lot of games with the community. We met a gentleman just last week who was throwing down on a game called spike ball. And I never really paid attention to it before, but it was like volleyball in a circle. And it was outstanding to watch all four of my young men try and learn how to spike ball and play the game the right way because it's not easy. And very quickly are they're realizing that a lot of these sports and a lot of these things that we get to play and do together, that it's okay to have some competition. It's okay to want to jump higher. It's okay to want to run faster. It's okay to want to shoot a shot better than the person before you. And I'm watching a lot of them navigate where they can be competitive. And it's amazing to see. I feel like when they were kind of, like you were saying a second ago with uh, the difference in generations is I think with them being inside a lot more and with just kids getting used to being inside more, there's less of a drive. There's less of a want to play. So when they're getting this opportunity to play, they're playing hard. And it's just amazing to see. I think that's the problem with society these days is we don't
0: play enough. Right. Yeah. You know, we spend too much time in, in basements and, and, uh, you know, just throwing a pizza every now and then. And, you know, people just hover, they just sit down in their basements. They don't do anything. They don't get out and get any activities. And if I'm hearing you correctly, there's a lot of team building that's going on too, that it's okay to rely on other people to help you through life. And it's okay
2: to, to be part of a team. It's kind of a good feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, right back to what we were just talking about with every new generation and even every, I'd say decade, we have a whole shift in how people learn and how people absorb the world around them. And to live in the world we live in today, sorry, we were talking a little bit ago economically and about politics, to live in the world we live in today, to adapt to anything, it's almost more necessary to have a team or to have a unit of people that you know are there for your benefit and there for your well-being. And that doesn't have to be someone who just prioritizes you, but it's okay to lead with an open heart and to help the whole team. Yeah, I
0: agree. There's so much collective ego that goes on. And we get sucked up into this vortex of, you know, whether it's politics or religion, religion or wherever it is, we've become the society of a bunch of lemmings. You know, we just start going with the flow and it's okay to break out of that and be your own person. And uh, I would love to see that with younger generations because there's a few generations between me and the young people that you deal with that I don't know what the hell happened, but
2: yeah, it yeah. ain't good. <laughs> I'm in that generation and yeah, you're more than right. There's a lot of people that Just don't have drive. I don't know what's missing, but I hope to help find it. Yeah. Elena, let me
0: ask you a question. So uh, you guys are talking about food. So kids come and they can get a meal. Tell me about what you guys do, because that kind of surprised me. You said, yeah, we got meals that go shopping. Tell me about that.
3: Um, Yeah. So we provide dinner every night of the week for the kiddos that are coming to our teen center, as well as snacks and water. We don't do sugary drinks or anything like that, but one of the cool parts about Getting to plan this with them is we take their input, what do you want to have? And then we talk about the budget, right? And so they also get that factor of budgeting and then they get the added layer of okay, how am I going to make this for everybody? So they are also participating in making the food. It's not just one of the staff members making ah. the food. The teens are helping and are um, more likely to try something new when they have made it and they've put some time and some effort into it. And then on top of that, every single teen is helping clean up and do dishes and stuff like that as well.
0: So they're they're learning responsibility and some life skills at the same time. I think what happens is people go, oh, it's a teen center. It's just a bunch of bad kids that are going in there. And I grew up around uh, boys and girls clubs and stuff stuff like that. And was kind of similar, but of course, you know, they have massive amounts of money and budgets and and things like that. So you guys have to think out of the box, but that's, that's pretty amazing that you're doing that.
3: Absolutely. And to your point there, I haven't met a bad kid at our teen center. Only kids who have done some bad stuff, for sure. But most of them are just kids who need connection and they are looking for an opportunity to have some skills development, like you said, some kind of life skills and stuff there as well. So we do um, along with dinner, we do a STEAM activity, an art activity, and a movement activity every day. So they get to try something new every night of the week. There's not a single night that's the same as the previous.
0: I got to come out and start hanging out with you guys because that (laughs) seems like the place to be. You know,
3: (laughs) It's pretty cool. And we have our Friday events that have been pretty fun to, like we said, the teens are invested and have voted on and have helped us come up with. So this past Friday, it was February 2nd. So it was two, two day and it was also national tater tot day. So we had, you know, some fun with that, but we've done things
0: like that's the best tater tots. (laughs)
3: Absolutely. It was, it was a hit for sure. Um, we had some kids ask if they could come in just for dinner. And of course the answer is yes. If that's what they're needing, like you were talking about economically, they're just looking for some food that night and that's fine. At least we were a safe place for them to, to come through and to come and help out. But yeah, so we've also done some things like karaoke, dance party, um, painting parties, eat party.
0: Yeah. Karaoke. I'm out. I can't, I can't sing. Forget it. Around was, the
3: world. Oh yeah. We had our around the world day. And that was actually, that concept was created by two of our kids having a conversation in the teen center. One of them lived for a couple of years in France and another um, has been taking Chinese classes in his school.
0: How awesome is that?
3: Yeah. And so we were playing a game of Lou, I believe it was. And so our kiddo from France was speaking in French. Our other kiddo was speaking in Chinese. I was speaking in Spanish and Mark was speaking in Russian. And we were all just having this like collaboration of different languages. And they were like, we would love to share our culture with everybody or what we've learned. So we reached out to the community, had some volunteers come in. Um, Had a volunteer from Poland and had one from Sweden and had there was the UK as well. So so it just ended up being everybody shared a snack and an activity from their country or from their culture. And um, we all just got to have an open minded conversation and address how to approach others with respect and appreciate our differences and just celebrate that.
0: That's cool, Heidi. What have you guys got coming up in the center? What's uh, what's happening? Do you have uh, plans coming up for the spring and summer, kind of?
1: Absolutely. So we opened a couple days before Christmas this year. And of course, we had the Christmas break with the schools. So during breaks and holidays and we'll do the same thing with spring break and then through the summer, we'll be open all day long. So we were open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and um, did that five days a week. And that's the intention again with spring break and holidays coming up and then also this summer. So we just want to get the kids in there, active, moving, having fun and somewhere safe to to be and exist. And uh, so good people to do it with.
0: How many kids do you have that come to the teen center?
1: Regularly, we have about 18 kids that are there very regularly. Some come five days a week, some come one day a week. Every week we're getting more and more kids. So we just welcome them, welcome everybody there. We also have other activities and events. We have a what we call tips. It's a teen evening. It's kind of an intensive outpatient program. So some kids that need a little more intensive time and support for various things, whether it's school or substances Um, or just different behaviors, we have certain nights a week that we have a separate time away from the teen center. So some of those kids can engage here and there in different classes, but we do that. That's therapist led program. Mark and one of our other advocates, Haley, participate in that and work with the kids one-on-one. And that's a pretty one-on-one evening group. Um, It's 4 to 7 p.m. And then on Fridays, we actually transport, Elena transports kids from Cripple Creek. So we have a vehicle that a state grant paid for for us. And so we have a vehicle down in the Springs at our office down there and then one up here. And so every Friday, we transport up to six kids from Cripple Creek who want to come and hang out all day with us. So um, that's an opportunity to get kids down in the south end of the community to come up here and have some time and, and support. But when we have, um, again, holidays and school breaks and then, of course, summer break, we'll be able to transport those kids from Cripple Creek more frequently.
0: I was going to ask you, um, you have some therapists that are there as well, right? And, and family advocates. And how does that all kind of work if the uh, public needs some assistance?
1: Absolutely. So a majority of the finances is supported by Palomé Child and Family Specialists. So we do individual therapy from ages two years old and up. So we have a play therapist that's there.
0: Two years
4: old? Yes. Wow.
1: Yes. And you would be surprised at how many kids in the last three years. I mean, the kids are just getting younger and younger that need more help and support. And so we're there to do that. That's what we're just there to respond to the community. But we do family individual therapy. We do advocacy. We do supervised visitations for parents who don't have connection with their kids or maybe trying to do reunification to get their kids back home. So we get referrals from DHS quite a bit for those kind of things. And then Haley and Mark and Nick will be um, doing the advocacy with our kids one-on-one that Mark's kind of talked a little bit about. So that's basically just meeting the kids where they're at It's outside of the teen center and um, basically going to pick the kids up at home or at school, spending a couple hours with them a couple days a week. And it's kind of like that old big brother, big sister program that we had back in the day. And so that's just more that individual one-on-one time. We have some kids that are expelled, so they're sometimes doing homework with them sometimes um, taking on fishing, hiking. It's just saying, hey, kiddo, what do you want to do today? It's all about you and giving them that undivided attention and support.
0: How are parents reacting to what you're doing?
1: You know what? Everything has been so positive. Um, so some parents are, it's about time. We really needed this. We had about a five-year lull from the other teen center. And so it's, I wish my kiddo had this three years ago. And the parents need a break too, I mean, it does truly take a village to raise these kids,
0: especially nowadays, because everybody wants something. We're we're so stimulated by things that don't matter. Like we talked about before, like phones and computers and, you know, I got to have a certain type of headset or I have to dress a certain kind of way. I mean, besides the electronic addictions, it's tough being a teenager, especially in a in a small community.
1: I would agree. I would agree. But, you know, I was one of those kids that soon as on Saturday morning, I got up, ate breakfast, watched Saturday morning cartoons. And then I was playing until the street lights came on until yeah, so my dad yeah, yelled too. for me. So I, I don't think kids are doing that as much. And that's what we want to get them back to. And it may not be all day on Saturday. It may just be five hours, a couple days a week at the teen center. But we all grew up with all of that. We all have kids. So we know that parental component. We know it's important. We know what these kids need. And um, and then we just stop and, and pause and listen and be mindful for them. And so, like I said, it's, it's by the kids and for the kids. It's really all about them. And we're open to Things, but the parents are just amazing. We have some parents that have donated boxes of toys or clothes. We have grab boxes for kids that need. They get it absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So we have a, a couple parents that'll you know bring in some food and just pitch in on that thing. When we had the movie night, we had a parent bring a bunch of popcorn. We don't ask for any of this stuff, um, but we absolutely welcome it. And the community just responded beautifully. And um, and I think they really appreciate and respect it. And everybody, I mean. Those parents are welcome anytime. We want to make sure we're fulfilling the needs of the parents too. Like I said, we have kids that are expelled from school and so they'll come in and get homework help. There's challenges with school systems and navigating what the kids needs and wants and parents have been great. We appreciate it, respect it. You know, we have those tough discussions with parents sometimes when there's challenges um, with the kiddos or we've identified that there's a need that maybe their kiddo has and we're always there to help and respond and support and advocate even for the parents too. So, yeah, it's it's really just been an amazing response and we just look forward to continue to grow and expand and parents are welcome to come and volunteer too and we do have um, background checked volunteers throughout the entire community and they come in and pitch in and even if it's just for two hours it's just that adult connection and bonding that these kids want need and yearn and so it's just a beautiful relationship that everybody's really offered to us.
3: I would say uh, we really appreciate donations of like board games, books, things like that. If you have an activity that you want to come in and teach um, after getting background checked and stuff like that, or maybe teach to me individually and I'd be happy to pass it along. We're always looking for new things to do or um, we have, you know, different people specialize like in pottery or in certain types of painting or in different sports and having those individuals and connecting our teens with those individuals would be really helpful. So the more new things that we can learn and that we can do together, the more that we can help them grow. I also wanted to say that um, kind of what Mark was saying about being genuine is really true. I think that as parents of teenagers of, of this generation, we're taught to not let our kids struggle because if our kids are struggling, that means that we're failing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where um, what we're doing at the Teen Center and what we're doing in our tips program and what we're doing as advocates for these kids is helping them learn how to get through the struggle, because truthfully, they're not going to be successful humans if they can't supersede a struggle. They're not going to be good adults if they don't know how to get through something hard or how to tie. manage or anything like that, how to respond, how to identify body language and when people are uncomfortable. And another thing I wanted to mention as far as like struggles is that validate the kids struggles because we got to go home. I mean, at least in my generation and as Heidi was mentioning as well, we got to go home and we got to not play with the friends who were being mean to us. Right. But our kids who are online, they don't get a break from that they get the bullying all the time. And it is, it's is—it's created such a huge mental health crisis for our kids that Colorado has the highest teen suicide rate in the country. Is it
0: still the highest?
3: Um, The last I checked, it was.
0: Wow. Why is that, do you think?
3: I can't identify why Colorado specifically, but all I know is I can continue to help kids and give them coping skills and be a shoulder to cry on when they are going through those struggles and help them learn how to get through it instead of giving up too quickly.
0: Get back to the whole bullying thing. You know, I never had computers or social media or any of that. It always comes back to social media again, where people can bully you or encourage you to kill yourself. I mean, whatever you can think of the most heinous, crazy stuff, it goes on all the time. And it's getting to the point now where you just can't ignore it anymore. It's it's a fact of life. And there's nothing wrong with parents trying to limit some computer time or like you say, learn some discipline, get rid of that phone for a while give yourself a break, go outside and breathe some air. My God, we live in some of the most beautiful country in the entire world. And uh, yeah, this online bullying thing, I I just, uh, I don't understand. it. It just gives you a platform to be mean to someone. It really is insane. We've lost our ability to communicate and be human beings with one another because there's so much drama. Everybody has something going on, you know, so... Um, I'm happy to see that there's a place where teens can go into and they can, they can kind of let it all hang out. Right.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We hope to provide a safe place a comfortable place and a place for people to thrive. And that's the true goal. So, or at least is for me. So I hope from the bottom of my heart, that's what we can provide for the community. And I hope the community looks at this as an opportunity to grow their passion and their will as well.
0: I was going to ask you, Heidi, is it free for kids to come in there? Can anybody come in?
1: Anybody can come in and it's, it is a teen center, but we have a lot of kids from eight years old and up that are there for different help and support um, who also have older siblings. And so, we divide some of the kids up depending on their age. Um, so we're doing age appropriate talk and activities with them. So absolutely anybody's welcome. Um, we do ask for a $10 a day donation. It costs way more than that usually, you know, to have those kids there, but we do have state grants and then we also have Palomay, the for-profit part of what we do and and they're there to really kind of offset those costs. So if you come and you can't pay that $10, please don't stop coming. Please come talk to us. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. We don't want to turn anybody away. And in the time I've been with Palomay, we have never done that.
0: Heidi, Mark, Elena, thank you for coming into the Bear Cave today and sharing your story. We're going to try to get the word out there because I think the work that you're doing is just marvelous. And uh, I wish you great success and uh, longevity here in Woodland Park.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having us. And uh, we're moving on to step two. We're starting a teen center down in Fountain in a couple months. So we're just going to keep it going. No stopping us.
0: Excellent. Again, I appreciate you coming in and, and best of luck in the future. All right, coming up next, it is the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps, so don't go away.
5: Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing? Then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family. So get your tickets today at thebutetheater.com and come join in our fun.
0: bear cave and right now it's time for the big news with our field producer trevor phipps hey trevor how are you man i'm good how are you doing today uh well actually i think i'm doing better than you uh we mentioned last week that uh you had a nasty injury on your knee is that starting to heal up at all or uh you... yeah
4: I'm doing a little better but i I'm still waiting to see exactly what happened. So I'm still kind of on crutches and can't drive. Yeah,
0: and, and you're going to be gone next week too because you're going on a road trip too. So uh, man, I, I hope you can uh, get on that plane first in front of everybody else and just pick a nice cushy seat. Right. Yeah, I'm going to Florida for my 40th birthday. Wow, big 40. Yeah. Uh, well, happy birthday, man. Yeah, thanks. Well, boy, I don't even know where to begin because there is so much weird stuff going on right now. And of course, it's uh, time for the legislature to pass more bad bills or come up with stupid ones that we kind of talked about. And of course, our uh, good old friend, Tina Peters, she's back in the news again, trying to recover whatever reputation she has left. But, uh, man, I don't even know where to begin. There's so much weird stuff going on statewide. It's funny because for a change, Teller County seems normal. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you got this week for the big news, my friend?
4: Um, probably the biggest thing that came up was I got a phone call earlier this week from um, County Commissioner Dan Williams. Um, I guess him, uh, Teller County Sheriff Jason Mikesell and El Paso County Sheriff Joseph Roybal. It was Monday, Monday or Tuesday. And they, they went to Denver to testify against one of the latest bills that came to the floor that they have a problem with, which is Senate Bill 24003 entitled Carter Bureau of Investigation Authority to Investigate Firearms Crime. It's kind of some- surprising Surprising that there's not really a lot to the bill. When I was looking up the bill, it's very short. It's only like a paragraph or maybe two paragraphs. So essentially, all it's going to do is they're giving the authority to the Cardinal Bureau of Investigation, CBI, to investigate any sort of crime that relates to firearms. So right now, um, CBI is basically, they're in charge of running background checks and they assist local agencies with investigations. Um, they basically don't come out unless they're called. Um, the background checks is basically what they do. So they're adding to their authority that they can investigate any gun crime across the whole entire state that they want to. As far as the two big ones that were mentioned were the General Assembly finds, determines, and declares that this act is necessary for the preservation of the public peace, health, or safety of appropriations for the support and maintenance of departments of state, state institutions. So that's the reasoning. Oh boy. So, what they said is investigating illegal firearm transfers and attempts to illegally obtain firearms.
0: Don't we have an organization called the ATF that does that already?
4: Well, or the sheriff's office. No, I like
0: exactly.
4: I talked to the sheriff and that's his biggest thing was it's basically going to give them authority to investigate crimes in the county without notifying the local law enforcement.
0: Oh, what a great idea. I
4: mean, the quote I got from Sheriff Jason is the state constitution does not allow a statewide police force. So this bill is directly against state constitution and state law where CBI is to assist local law enforcement, not supersede it." What this is doing is allowing the state to now supersede local law enforcement throughout Colorado and district attorney's offices without notifying us about any type of investigation. But his concern is this, is another quote, it also creates risk that if they don't tell us they are doing an investigation, then we don't know if we're investigating the same case. Their officers are in plain clothes and our officers are in plain clothes. It could create a circumstance where we have blue on blue issues and somebody could get hurt, which I think is a really good point.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
4: And then the county commissioner, <laughs> he had given me another good quote He said, we have had sheriffs in rural Colorado since 1876. Nothing is broken. They're protected by statutes. It is offensive to me that they would have to step in for firearm crimes. I assume everyone has a firearm up here. <laughs> You know, the other thing that the sheriff brought up was there has never been any issues of the sheriff not investigating something or like, it's kind of another one of those things. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. You know, it's like, if nothing's ever happened, there's never been an issue, then why do you have to do it? And what I asked sheriff, I was like, why do they think that's going to help? Like CBI is just going to come in and like make all these big gun crime arrests that the local cops can't do. And I asked him, I was like, is CBI, they receive any more training or anything than local police does? And he said, no, they don't. Most of CBI are officers that come from local departments.
0: Yeah, exactly.
4: They have the exact same training, basically. It seems to me it's just another way for them to try to strip away local power and give it to the state. He was like, yeah, Trevor, you're exactly right. You know, and so it's there's a movement right now to try to take powers away from your local entity and give it to the state, which it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The bill did move through the Senate Judiciary Committee with three to two votes. So it'll be going to the Committee on Appropriations. So they're testifying. I guess you could say didn't work. And then the other part of it is it's going to appropriate one point six million dollars from the general fund and give it to the CBI to conduct these investigations. So Dan Williams thing was like, oh, so they get one investigation and they get a bunch of money to investigate it. Well, what happens if they keep getting more investigations? Where's that money going to come from?
0: It's gonna come from the goldfish fund,
4: <laughs> and and it's kind of another thing that that might work on the front range in some of these metro areas, you know, when you have police forces that are green and thin and doing all this other stuff, then maybe CBI should step in with certain investigations. But in rural areas, like they're gonna come raid gun stores without telling the local police. And
0: it- okay, this is what this thing is all about. This thing is all about the Second Amendment again. Colorado and the legislature up there and the uh, the wokesters, they are not giving up on the fight to take away your guns, and they're going to try to do it any way they can. And this is just a microcosm of what's happening under Sniffy Joe Biden's administration where they're doing the same thing. So we're wasting more time trying to violate the Second Amendment by using CBI and throwing officers who probably don't believe in this bill to begin with and throwing them under the bus and say, oh, they're going to take care of it. We're just going to appoint CBI, that agency. We're going to give them a bunch of money and uh, you're losing more Second Amendment rights. That's what this is all about. And they're trying to hide it under some kind of a BS bill. Well, Dan Williams brought up that
4: point basically too. And he he quoted some reporter from Colorado Politics who was saying, because right now, since the, the Democrats have such a large majority, they are just basically doing whatever they want, not even listening to the moderates, not even listening to the Republicans anything they're just doing what they want and they're they're using this first bill to go after guns so to me that was kind of a warning like expect
0: more coming down the road absolutely there's a guy by the name of Adolf Hitler you know I, I don't know if you ever heard about him or not who did the exact same thing and it started back in 1936 and it ended with a world war I'm not saying that this bill is going to do that. What I'm saying is that all this is is more governmental control, something that we've been trying to fight for, I don't know, the entire time that the United States has been in existence. Why have laws and why have a constitution if you're not going to follow it? They don't care. I'm betting that half these people in Denver are under the age of 40. What do you want to make a bet that that's the case?
4: Yeah, from what I've heard, that is 100% the case. The average age, I guess, on the state legislature right now is like 35, and none of them have any experience being any sort, well, I'm not going to, shouldn't say none of them, but the majority of them, for the most part, they are these young, liberal, progressive Democrats that are running, getting voted by their peers, with no experience in government, no experience in how local governments work.
0: That's obvious. And
4: they're just following party lines, it seems like.
0: That's exactly what's happening. It just bleeds down from Big Brother in Washington, D.C., and it comes down just to take more rights away from you as a gun owner and take more rights away from you as a kind of commissioner, as a sheriff, as a mayor. It all bleeds down. And that's what they're going after. They're going after this utopian society that's going to be just perfect. And uh, there'll be no guns and everybody's going to be running around with uh, electric cars. So, yeah, good luck with that.
4: The gun violence epidemic we have in this country is sad. And I think there needs to be something to do about it. But then, you know, my biggest argument, though, is when you look at other countries that have taken away guns, you get this stigma. Like, look, at Mexico, guns are illegal in Mexico. So, you know who has guns right now in Mexico? The criminals and the cops. And that's it. So
0: you're... Ah, no. Hang on just a second. I've spent 17 years working in Mexico, in Baja, And I can tell you that just about everybody I ran into out in the field has a gun.
4: But still, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't own guns because it is illegal. Sure. You know, but, and other countries that are like that too. So what it creates is it creates a system where the cops have guns, the criminals have guns, but the average Joe that's just trying to, you know, go work his nine to five
0: doesn't. Well, I can tell you the cities that went to constitutional carry, their crime rates went down substantially. But getting back to the point of this whole thing is that it's just another way for the legislature and, you know, the wokesters to regulate your guns and tell you what you can and cannot do. Just like COVID. Same thing.
4: To me, some of this stuff has to be against the Constitution. So I'm pretty sure our government and constitution was written from the beginning to provide various levels of government. Absolutely. I and mean, for them to try to basically get rid of levels of government underneath them, just, I don't know, doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: There are people robbing stores and committing violent crimes with ankle bracelets on right now. It happens all the time. I mean, all you have yeah. to do is pick up the newspaper in Colorado Springs and see what's going on there. And it just goes to show you that uh, psilocybin must be readily available to the state legislature right now because nobody else in their right mind would pass this kind of garbage.
4: Just so everybody knows, these are just bills right now that are just in the early stages of being discussed. We can only hope that none of them are turning the lives. I don't yeah. want people to think that I'm saying that this stuff is already happening. It's still, right. you know, it has none of it's passed yet, but this is what they're trying to propose. And, and we're still early in the session. I remember
0: last year that I felt like the crazier stuff came later. It's crazy because the parallels of California and Camirado can't be denied. You can't ignore them because it is in line with exactly the things that California is doing and we're seeing how well those laws are working right now. That place is a disaster. I just hope that Colorado doesn't follow the same pattern. Let's move on to something else. Let's move on to uh, some sports. We got some local sports to talk about. The wrestling team is actually doing really good this year. Yeah. I talked to the wrestling
4: coach yesterday. They're a really young team this year that there's no seniors wrestling on the team. But the young guys are doing really good. They had Pretty much your star wrestler right now is Bryson Livingheart, which I, I went to school with his parents. So that's kind of. But um, he's currently ranked ninth in 3A statewide in the 165 pound weight class. He's got a 25 and 8 record going into the regional tournament, which takes place this weekend. Wow. So depending on how they do in regionals, they'll qualify for state. And then we've also got uh, junior Aiden Hood, 23 and 11 record in the 190 pound weight class. And then there's also this freshman, I guess, this guy, Elazar Fuca he's a freshman and he's wrestling at 106 pounds and coach said he's never wrestled a day in his life but he's just catching up and quickly and he's learning and he, he has a chance to go to state
0: they're doing great and that's the main thing and i know the ladies are doing great and even the junior program up here in woodland park is doing well i've, I've seen some medalists there on social media so good for them but uh, anyway before i let you go what are your predictions for the super bowl
4: oh well, i'm gonna have to pick the 49ers that's kind of my second team. And I really just don't want to see Kansas City win again. And I think they have a good chance of doing it. You know, some people have argued with me that well, we beat them four years ago, but you got of think there's two big differences in the 49ers this year. The Chiefs kind of have the same team they had four years ago. Right. I mean, they've got some new players, but the core clearly the team are still there. Well, the 49ers now have Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey what they didn't have in 2020. And that's
0: really what's made their team stellar. One thing that is key to all this that people always overlook. I want to see if there's a injury report coming from the line. Who on your line is hurt? Who on your line is going to play in the Super Bowl? Because if you're not blocking, there's no way that anyone's going to be able to run that ball. I don't know about uh, the 49ers or the, or the Chiefs uh, or what that injury report looks like, but I'm going to be kind of interested to see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, I'm on the opposite end of you. I said uh, Chiefs 28-21, but uh, honestly, I just don't want to see Taylor Swift anymore. That's all I care about.
4: If I'm there and my 49ers are losing, and I got to see Taylor Swift jump up and down every five minutes. <laughs>
0: Trevor's going to open up a vein.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's not going to make for a good Sunday for me in the casino if I, if that's what happens. So that's I put that in my predictions to the newspaper. I put that the 49ers are going to win 45 to 10 and hopefully it'll pan over to see wow. Taylor's when they're down by 20. So that's what I hope happens. <laughs> I don't think they will, but yeah. I'd rather that than the latter and we have to see her jumping up and
0: down. Well, if it does, I'll be okay with that too because neither one of these teams uh, are one of my favorites, but I don't have a dog in this fight at all. I just want to see a good Super Bowl, but uh, knowing where you're going to be at, I will be texting you soon. All right, Trevor. Well, you have a safe trip. Take care of that leg, and uh, I'll see you when you get back. All right. That sounds like a plan. All right, Trevor. Have an awesome day. All right. See you. Bye now. That was our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. And before we go into the next segment, I've just got a couple of notes from Michelle. That is, all the museums are open this weekend, and Ice Castles is open as well as preparations begin for Ice Fest. So get on up there. Hopefully it's not going to be snowing too hard, and you can get up there and have a good time in Cripple Creek. All right, when we come back, it is news of the weird, and then find out who gets to meet Dozer and his hungry pals on the Bear Pile this week. So stick around.
5: By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds or reducing stress. You can always improve your health. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, then you've come to the right place. Animus Wellbeing in Woodland Park, Colorado offers nutritional consultations, We work with you to design a program that fits your specific needs to help you enjoy a better quality of life. So check us out at AdamsWellbeing.com. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or call us at 818-400-1456. Let us help you to achieve a life of optimal well-being.
0: the Bear Cave. I'm your host, Dennis Zerrell, and it's now time for News of the Weird. This week's headline reads, Not so genius. Hmm, this is going to be a good one. Justin Carpenter, 25, really wanted some fried pickles from Buffalo Wild Wings in Lawrence, Indiana on January 14th. Thinking fast on his feet, in spite of his ankle bracelet from a previous drug arrest, What? Carpenter offered a butter exchange, marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, and vape cartridges for those savory treats. Quote, if you make us some fried pickles, I'll make it worth it, end quote, he allegedly told workers, two of whom were minors. Well, he didn't get his pickles, but left three bags of marijuana on the counter saying, quote, give those bags to the kids, end quote. (laughs) Police tracked him to a nearby gas station where they found more drugs and paraphernalia in his car and he was arrested on multiple felony charges. What can you say, man was hungry for some fried pickles. What I don't get is why you would leave your stash and walk away without said pickles. Then again he was probably high on a wide variety of his sample pack and figure it would be an investment on future visits. Well, Justin, the only visit you're going to make in the very near future is to... The Bear Pile. Each week, we nominate a person, place, and or thing that should be tossed onto the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. From last week's nominations, the person, place, and or thing to join some hungry bears in the pile is... Jessica Beatty for... Playing Lab Assistant with her Auntie's Dog. Look, well, Jessica, like we said last week, how about just getting clean so you don't have to carry around a pocket full of kibble and try to coerce your auntie's dog to pee in a bottle or in a doggy diaper so you can pass it off as your own? And uh, like we said, I hope she was wearing gloves. <laughs> Ugh. The nominations this week for joining Dozer on the coveted bear pile are number one. And all the way from India, softcore porn actress Poonam Pandey for faking her own death from cervical cancer for the purposes of gaining attention to her pathetic life. You know, Pooface, I'd like to joke about this, but I can't. But uh, we know that you are from a stupid generation. And of course, we hope that you never get cancer. We'll settle for you getting herpes and warts instead. And Hotterfly, you're next. Number two. State Representative from our own front yard in Colorado Springs, Regina English for trying to pass more worthless legislation. You know, thank God some of your colleagues caught this disaster before you embarrassed yourself on the house floor. Ugh, goldfish must be so ashamed. And number 3, Justin Carter for bribing employees of Buffalo Wild Wings with drugs in exchange for fried pickles. I wonder what he offered the gas station attendant for that pack of ding-dongs. Yeah, nothing like ignoring that little reminder of your past failures, is there?
4: What a day!
0: Well, I hear Dozer's music playing, which means that it's time for me to pack up the Bear Cave and head on out. But before I go, I would like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, The Butte Theater, and Animus Wellbeing. being I want to thank my guests today, Heidi Yealy, Elena Henry, and Mark King from the Edge Teen Center. We wish you the best and keep up that good work. Thanks to our field producer, Trevor Phipps, for bringing us the big news and safe travels to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, as she heads down to New Orleans. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up to you in a couple weeks at the Ice Festival. If you have an event coming up or you want to sponsor the show, you can reach us on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. You can send your comments, hate mail, and ideas for story time to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. You can access the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, radiopublic.com, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our celebrity not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be... (laughs) You guessed it. Colorado Springs State Representative Regina English. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We want a promise from her that she is going to trial really, really hard to actually pass a law that makes a difference. Trust me, Regina, your goldfish Harvey, he'll thank you for it. We were hoping that Vlad the Impaler was going to come onto the Bear Cave hotline, but for some reason, he has blown us off yet once again. Yeah, I guess he's mad that that uh, bridge in the Iranian desert didn't pay off. Oh, no. Oh, well, guess it's back to the old sled dog training there, Vlad. Yeah, you never know when that Alaska place will come up for sale. Until next week, Cubs, and as always, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity.